0: welcome to buffalo bull sessions the podcast that brings the outdoors to you these informal bull sessions hope to create conversation about controversial topics centered around the conservation of north american species and now
1: here's your host dylan smith What's up, guys? There's been a lot of changes here recently at Buffalo Bull Sessions. If you have any questions that you would like me to answer on the show, or if you would like to submit one of your hunting stories to possibly be featured on our website, you can email me at buffalobullsessions at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter to hear how you can get involved in outdoor conservation and hear our outdoor story of the month at buffalobullsessions.com. Help us out by getting some season one gear on our website as well. I really appreciate all of your support thus far. This week I had the pleasure of sitting down with two Oklahoma locals Easton and Josh Karam. I originally got wind of 15 year old Easton when a few listeners sent me a video of him riding his bicycle down Northwest Expressway pulling a trailer filled with his duck hunting gear. Easton Easton is a young, avid outdoorsman who has a genuine appreciation for the ecosystems around us. His father, Josh, is the chairman of the Oklahoma chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. It was awesome to speak to these guys about their stories and love for the outdoors. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Buffalo Bull Sessions. I'm your host, Dylan Smith, here with Easton and Josh Caram. What's up, guys? Hey, How how are you? i'm doing pretty great i uh, spent the day golfing and it was a nice day finally getting warm weather up here uh, what have you guys been up to today
2: shed hunting like crazy
1: shed hunting did yeah. you find any
2: oh yeah i found three and then one big 96 inch set
1: yeah he just showed me pictures of this 96 inch uh, shed that he found and i've seen him all over facebook uh shed hunting and doing everything but how i first got into contact with easton was uh during um, duck and goose waterfowl season here in Oklahoma, and uh, saw a video of this 15 year old boy riding his bike down Northwest Expressway, which is a very, pretty much a busy highway. And he had his bike pulling a kayak trailer behind it uh, with dead geese in the back. He's just a full blood hunter. And his father, Josh Caram, I'm really glad you guys came by today and uh, excited to talk to you guys. Yeah. So, uh, how did it all get started? How'd you guys get into hunting?
0: Well, I grew up in Oklahoma myself, uh, kind of hunting and fishing. uh, I wouldn't say real hardcore, but um, just as much as all the other kids did around. Um, Kind of fell out of it as I grew older and got into sports a little bit more, and um, and then once uh, once I knew Easton was going to be born, I, I I simultaneously kind of found this guy named steve Renella and uh sparked that interest back and uh, i was fortunate enough that easton uh, has the same passion for it that i do so uh, it's just been kind of going since then i think he's he's probably been hunting and fishing since he was what a year and a half two years old <laughs> like <laughs> uh, i've been dragging him along with me all over the state
1: do you remember your first time hunting yeah. Not really. It all
2: just kind of <laughs> fades together, I guess. <laughs> you
0: were too young. <laughs> I don't even know what your first hunt would have been.
2: Uh, the last hunt, the first hunt I can remember is when we went over with your friend that had deets and all that, and I, we were shooting quail. Oh, yeah. At the fourteen. Yeah? That's yeah. Sweet. That might have been. That's yeah. the last, that's my first hunt I remember. Yeah.
1: I was, my first hunt my dad took me on, I was three or four, and he was bow hunting, and we weren't on a stand. We were up north of where I'm from, Kingfisher, and uh, we were just sitting on the edge of this wheat field, and there was this spike that came in like 10, 15 yards from us. I remember I was terrified, and there were daddy long legs crawling on the ground, <laughs> and he was like, Quit moving, quit moving. <laughs> and, and these daddy long legs were crawling all over me, and me just being a kid, I was like, Freaked out of <laughs> spiders. Now I'm terrified of spiders, but, but no, that spike came in, and he was staring at us, and I remember looking into us just pitch black eyes. And I was like, Dad, you gotta shoot him or he's gonna kill us. You gotta shoot him. He's like, I can't shoot him. But that's awesome. That's awesome that you picked it up. So what what would you say your favorite thing to hunt is, Houston? Oh, turkey. Turkey? I love turkey hunting. Really?
2: I mean, shoot, I was shed hunting yesterday and it turned into a turkey scouting trip. Really? I dropped shed hunting and I started calling out with my mouth. I didn't even have a call. Did you call in the end? Yeah. I got some cool photos. Some big long beard strutting out right that's in front so of me that's so cool where were you at over in Piedmont that area yeah kind of the western side of Piedmont mm-hmm.
1: that's a sweet lot of birds over there yeah turkey hunting's really fun especially if you can if you can work them in and get a close shot at one and they're so smart <laughs> like like, they can see really well. Are they? That's what everyone said on the podcast. <laughs> we were talking about this just the other day. We had the same conversation. Someone was like, they're so stupid that they're smart. Like, they just, they're they scared of everything. <laughs> yeah. I think everything. just yesterday
0: we were talking about, I don't know if they're really smart or if they're just stupid lucky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they can see really well. Yeah. 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 Like you got to be pretty,
2: pretty stealthy. But I mean, I was walking right up to some of these birds and they would let me get 70 yards. They just look at me, look back and forth, trying to figure out what I am, go back to
1: eating. You're just calling with your mouth. Yeah. They that's know awesome. it's not April 6th yet. Yeah. yeah. That's why. It'll get a lot <laughs> different here in a couple yeah. of weeks. We're uh, a little under a month away. I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah. It's been a long time since goose season ended, it seems like, because <laughs> I was hunting every single weekend. It went from deer to uh, straight into duck and geese, and then focused on geese towards the end, and then went rabbit hunting a few times, and then it just stopped. There's nothing to do. Yeah. Except, I guess, do some shed hunting. hunting. Yeah. I've been spending every weekend out
2: on the wheat fields and in between the bedding areas. How many sheds do you think you found this year? Mid-50s, maybe. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Last year, I picked up three. Wow, so you
1: just... (laughs) Have you just spent more time doing it? Yeah,
2: I'm covering more ground. That's a problem everyone... Keeps asking me, "What's the
1: trick? You just gotta walk. Just gotta walk. There's walking. no trick. Hang out. Oh wow, that's awesome. That was this afternoon before we came over.
2: That's so cool. And I couldn't bring that biggest one home that I found today because they've been trying to get this buck for so long. Oh. They're like, "I gotta have this. I gotta, I gotta have this in my room.
1: Yeah. Like, no, it's know. like prize. It's not my try. buck. It's
2: yours. You can
1: have it. Maybe you'll find the actual deer before they do yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> they might let me hunt it <laughs> what about you Josh what's your favorite form of hunting oh
0: turkey without a doubt really Oh, uh, I don't know if you noticed but these are turkeys that are tattooed on I my arm, notice So that. that's awesome yeah
1: I remember my dad took me whenever I was eight uh, to our land near Guthrie and we went in uh, whenever the sun was still coming up we, we tucked in the trees and we called. he called in these turkeys and they came, we watched them come across right as soon as the sun was coming up, and then they just turned around. I was breathing really hard, like, it was like <laughs> buck fever. It was so cold out, you could easily see my breath, and so I, like, leaned down, and I was, I was trying to breathe into my shirt and try <laughs> not to, but uh, they ended up seeing us and running out, and uh, we ended up trailing, scouting them and uh, tracking them all day. We'd cluck at them and hear them, like, 200, 300 yards off in the trees. And it was like noon before I finally got a shot at one. But yeah. I, whenever I did, it was an awesome feeling. Cause just cause we had, we had hiked like five, six miles. Yeah. It seemed like, especially as like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> this was my first time to get to do that. But yeah, turkey hunt's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think I get more excited shooting turkeys than I do shooting deer.
1: Yeah. Really?
2: Yeah. Like when I shoot a turkey,
1: I I'm so much more excited when I shoot. It really just depends them. on how you hunt a deer too. Do you hunt from like a tree stand or a blind? I hunt from a saddle. Really? Yeah, on public. That's crazy. <laughs> I've never hunted public land. And you live you're in Oklahoma, really?
2: Yeah. You've got probably one of the
1: best states to hunt public because you got so much opportunities. Yeah. I've just been lucky. We have enough... Pri- I really only hunt deer. And then I just got in... Like I said, I got in a waterfowl this year. Mm-hmm. And then pheasant and quail, but... Yeah.
0: Well, we're, we're kind of unique in Oklahoma. We have so many diverse ecosystems and it's kind of a it's almost strategically placed where you can go anywhere in the state and experience these different ecosystems on public land so it I, I think it's pretty cool that we have that available to us yeah and so we do a lot of public land hunting
1: i don't do it by choice i just don't know anywhere else to like i don't i've never looked really into public land here no. in oklahoma but you're the uh chairman of the is it backcountry hunters and anglers? Uh huh, yeah. And yeah. what is it? What is that? What is so, the organization?
0: We're an advocacy group that um, that fights for public land and public water. Um, big thing that we try and do is access, uh, try and protect the access that we have, and then hopefully uh, grow that small, that relatively small footprint to, you know, increase opportunities for more people
1: um, to get out there.
0: Yeah, I mean we're Oklahoma's. 97 percent privately owned so yeah. uh, we don't have a whole bunch of private or a whole bunch of public land yeah uh, but we are one of the four there's only four states in the country that uh, over the last four or five years has experienced a growth or increase in uh, hunting license sales yeah and so we've got a growing hunting population but we've got one of the smallest pu- uh, public land footprints mm-hmm. so um, I think it's it's really important. What we're trying to do is, um, you know, allow more opportunities for more folks, mm-hmm. and and just get more people into it.
1: Yeah, that's what my buddy Alex. He's from Colorado, and Colorado is all public, mm-hmm. just about. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he said that that is one thing that he doesn't like about Oklahoma is how much of it is private. Like a few, mm-hmm. it's pretty difficult to. And then a lot, of the, public a lot
2: of the best private properties are leased out from people out of mm-hmm. state. Yeah. A lot of Arkansas boys have been
1: leasing out duck hunting leases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A bunch of oil field guys around where I'm from, they mm-hmm. have all the ponds that, like, I used to know all the farmers around there, and they'd let me hunt whatever, and now they're all leased out. Guys are paying from the oil field. and
0: it's tough for the, to get that free permission when you got guys wanting to pay yeah. for it, you know?
1: It's way more fun whenever it's free.
0: Too. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: yeah. what's nice about me being a kid. They see, yeah. oh, you're just a kid, all right,
1: I'll let you hunt. Yeah, dude, and you have one of the, like, I've never seen, my little brother, he's 13, and uh, I took him duck hunting for the first time, and it was all right for him. Like, he had a lot of fun, but... He wasn't, like, begging for me to take him again. Like, I would ask him, he's like, "Eh, I think I'm just going to sleep in today. (laughs) You're definitely one of the most dedicated 15-year-olds that I've ever er, dedicated anyone to uh, hunting. Um, I don't know what it is. that, That video that I was talking about, like I said, you could see him riding his bike down Northwest Expressway with a goose on his shoulder. And what'd you have in the trailer? What'd you pull in the trailer?
2: Oh, uh... Waiters, an extra coat that I took off and some shells and a bunch of trash bags I ended up picking a bunch of trash from construction guys left out there got a boy and then uh I can't I
1: can't remember what else how far did you have to bike it's only two miles from my house two miles on a bike is a lot It's a lot longer <laughs> than most guys walk from the truck oh yeah Whenever you, I was telling him, whenever he turned 16, he still has to be riding his bike to all the ponds. <laughs> <laughs> He's become an icon. But yeah, the fact that you were getting out there, riding your bike, just to go do some hunting, that's pretty awesome. Were you uh, mostly duck and goose hunting?
2: On that property, yeah. I, I used to just coyote hunt it until I got to talking mm-hmm. with the guy. and He ended up being super nice, letting me do anything but shoot deer, because he really likes the deer.
1: Yeah, you likes to just watch them?
2: Yeah, that's what started the whole you come shoot coyotes for me because he's got pet deer big deer and it's here in the suburbs so pretty rare to see big deer like that mm-hmm. and he got to let me
1: shoot geese ducks really anything that's awesome salute to you for getting up there it's hard enough to wake mm-hmm. up but the fact mm-hmm. you're gonna ride your bike and go get after <laughs> it that's so cool
0: yeah easton did a real good job um with this uh, landowner, he, he, you know, at, like he said, at first it was only coyotes. That's all we were allowed to do. And Easton just kept talking to him and letting the guy kind of see what he's about, picking up trash on his mm-hmm. property and just, you know, following all the rules like we've always taught ourselves to do since mm-hmm. we were kids. And it gradually has turned into now it's, you know, virtually full access to whatever he wants to do with the exception of hunt deer. Yeah, uh, the he, guy shoots skeet out in his backyard, and is, has uh, offered Easton to shoot skeet on his machines, and all, I mean just anything he wants. It's been, it's been a great, it's been cool to see that relationship grow.
1: Yeah, that's awesome that you're cleaning up trash. There's so many like guide services and like guys that are leasing land out that just leave their empty shells and boxes yeah. and yeah. beer cans out there, and that you see that all the time, and then it turns farmers or landowners just to say you know what no one's no one else is going out there yeah whether I, you're paying or not
2: I, I think i picked up six balloons today shed hunting on private land Jeez, balloons, balloons, <laughs> <man>. balloons. <laughs>
0: mylar balloons are everywhere <laughs> oh my gosh
2: balloons trash bags dorito bags
1: yeah people yeah. just leave it out there they don't have a true appreciation of you know what you got and it's easy to get caught up in especially in the city just just that the world is our dump. And not many people take the time to, you know, show appreciation for nature and the outdoors like, like you would. And so you obviously raised him right. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so what would you say your second favorite thing to hunt is? Oh, man. Because you do just about everything, and fishing too. Maybe dove. Dove. Because it's just so laid back. Easy. Yeah. You don't worry about anything. High-paced or fast-paced. Yeah. There's a guy where i'm from he always lets me and my dad come out there and we'll limit out every morning or every opening morning in like the first hour yeah it's so sweet and then we'll all grill them out wrap them in bacon Mm -hmm. Dove is such a fun social hunt yeah (laughs) it's
0: like it's a good one for folks that have never hunted to Mm -hmm. you know kind of ease them into it because Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about them being loud and yeah I mean, you can wear camo if you want, but you, you don't just, have to if you don't want most to. Most of the time, you're just sitting on a bucket out yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We hunted in crocs and shorts the
1: last
2: yeah. year or so. I hunted crocs and underwear one time. Yeah, was,
1: yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll they'll come in regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you can be 20, 30 feet from the guy next to you and be like, oh, I can't believe you missed that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's lots of opportunity for yeah. razzing them. So. <laughs> no, it's dove hunting... Uh, we went dove hunting every single year. My dad would take me out of school on opening day. Wouldn't make me go to school yeah. on opening day in dove season.
0: We, um, Easton, has a lot of doctor's appointments on opening days. Yeah, <laughs> starts <laughs> feeling, stomach starts to hurt a little uh-huh. bit. That's awesome. They caught on to us a couple of years ago, and uh, Piedmont Public Schools wasn't real uh, understanding. Oh <laughs> boy, <laughs> <laughs> taking off for hunting. Yeah. Well, so now
1: we just go to the doctor. You're going to be making memories that teach you a lot more about life than
0: that's a different type of school yeah
1: yeah those are some of my best and we do it for opening day of pheasant season whenever uh, i could go hunting with my grandpa and like my grandpa didn't care about anything he used to be like the worst illegal hunter (laughs) like you would always come back with this vest filled with hens and (laughs) birds that weren't even pheasant and you'd have to be like hey this isn't what we're supposed we're to we're not eating those <laughs> that's a metal arc he's like well i shot it so I can't just leave it there but you no know, pheasant hunting is pretty fun too do you have you guys ever done much upland bird i've hunted a lot of upland I, easton I don't, I don't hasn't think i've ever hunted upland yeah have you ever seen a pheasant
2: not in the wild i've been around a lot of quail black
0: kettle, and all that yeah well you've seen pheasant when i bring them home that's about it
1: hmm cousin are beautiful bird. They're delicious. Yeah. yeah. They're so pretty, too. They're fun to hunt. That's I, one of my favorite things.
0: Yeah. It's a tough one if, um, if you don't have resources, you know? Like, if you don't have somebody that has dogs, mm-hmm. it makes it real hard to... The barrier for entry in that is pretty high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's some dogs that are just... They make it so easy. Like, one oh. time we went up there and we saw some guys that were on our lease that weren't supposed to be. And... Uh, we were like hey what are you doing they had j- clearly just walked you know the patch that we were gonna be on and um, they all had a bunch of dogs and uh, they're like well we're gonna go hunt on this place that is our is our actual spot and they're like you can walk it with us who knows if they're actually telling the truth or not but oh. um, their dogs that was the first time I had hunted with dogs and mm-hmm. they would always they would be right in front of me and it makes it so easy oh
0: It's so fun, too. Yeah. So fun just to watch the dogs work Mm -hmm. and to see those animals in their element and just do their, you know, their instinct just Mm -hmm. takes over. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. I uh, actually just got a golden retriever uh, for Christmas. Nice. And uh, she's like five, six months old now, and I'm training her up. I want to train her to be a retriever. I don't think she can be a pointer, but um, Jarrett Thompson of... Circle T, he's going to train her up. So shout out to you, Jared. He's going to be the patient guy training her <laughs> nice, So nice. I don't have to really worry about it too much.
0: I've hunted pheasant behind pointing labs.
1: Yeah. And they, they can do it. They can do it just yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, whenever we went, we went goose hunting in the snow, the first time it snowed, New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. And we were out in layout blinds, and it was just dumping snow on us. Like six inches of snow dumped on the layouts. Oh, man. And uh, he, he cast his uh, lab his yellow lab named Lemon, like three-fourths of a mile. Like there was this big uh, um, irrigation system that they had out in the field, and you could barely see the dog. And he'd blow his whistle, and he'd point one direction. And just because there was so much snow, you could barely see the dog at that point. And I was like, there's no way that dog's coming back with a bird. (laughs) And like 15 minutes later, you can barely see its silhouette coming in the snow. And it had a bird in its (laughs) mouth. And I was like, I couldn't even (laughs) see it at that point. Yeah, that's and incredible. Dogs are awesome. Yeah. Especially yeah. a good hunting dog. Yep. So how much, how many uh, miles do you think you've covered with a shed hunting? <laughs> if uh, you're doing it every weekend. He's about to tell you exactly. <laughs> I wish I could tell you
2: exactly because I'm easily over 200.
1: Just for this year?
2: Yeah, I cover like 40 to 70 miles in one week. Wow, so one you're thing. doing it just about... Every day that I can.
1: That's
0: crazy. If he's not in school or work, he's shed hunting. That is crazy.
1: That's why you have so many. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just like stop by and just be like, hey, can I walk around and look for sheds? Or do you know most of the people that. I know a good bit of them because out in Piedmont,
2: there's not a bunch of landowners. Mm -hmm. It's all like six landowners that own
0: everything.
1: Hundreds
2: of thousands of acres out there. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so cool. I wish
0: I could spend more time doing that. So yeah, you'll put in what? 12 to 16 miles on a hard day?
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I think today I only put in five because this property's a hundred. Are you just by yourself? Yeah, usually. I'll either be by myself or my friend Nick or Ryder.
1: Just walking out there in the woods? Yeah. That is awesome. They that usually is awesome. end up dragging way behind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never been able to find like a huge shed. Like I said, my uncle finds them all. So the fact that you were bringing in 50 must yeah. have just an eye for them. Or just get I lucky. Guess. I little, think I,
2: I think I just get lucky.
1: You can just cover so much <laughs> ground and eventually you're going to find one. I, I think
2: so too. Because there's not a tactic to shed hunting. There's nothing you can do to make yourself better yeah. other than cover ground, walk more, open your eyes and get off your phone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's it's the best you can do if you want to find something. You can.
1: Those are some good tips. <laughs> <laughs> cover ground, walk more, open and your eyes and, and get phone. off your phone. <laughs> That's the hardest part about it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, though, man. Well, I appreciate that, uh, you know, you have this appreciation. It makes me happy to see, like, younger guys getting out there and knowing that what I grew up, like, loving and getting the experience with my dad and grandpa, that like, people still have that same appreciation. It'll be carried on for a good while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sweet. It's
0: going away, but there's there's kids out there that are still doing it. Mm-hmm. couple. Yeah.
1: Not not everyone's on the Xbox. Yeah, it's all definitely day.
0: not as prevalent as it used to be. But
1: no, yeah. no, definitely not.
0: Hey, Easton, why don't you tell him that story about uh, last spring with the uh, with the fishing incident?
2: So, uh, me and my friend Ryder were catfishing this this little catfish hole that we got neighborhood pond, and we we see this guy over here throwing a cast net. We think he's getting bait, just like we were doing. And he starts casting bass. We're like, "Oh, done that too." He's probably gonna throw them back. Then he starts targeting them off their beds, throwing them in a bucket. So me and my friend realize he's in the wrong. It's a pretty messed up thing to do. So we go talk to him, super respectful. Hey, sir, what you're doing right there? That's poaching. You probably don't want to do that in a neighborhood pond. And then he gets all aggressive with us, cursing us, trying to start up a fight. And that's when I tell my is he friend, he a grown man. Yeah, he's a man, grown
1: man." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty intimidating.
2: <laughs> it was, and so I told my friend Ryder to start rolling video. How old's Ryder? Your age? He's a year younger than me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I told him to start rolling video. I don't want anything to happen that shouldn't. And then he he starts getting aggressive all over again. He gets in his car. We think he's going to drive away. So I take I call Mark Mark Murray actually Canadian County Game Warden, and he tells me try and get try and. Not have a confrontation. Just get his license plate. Give me his license plate. And that'll that'll be good. So that's what I did. But the guy, I wasn't as sneaky as I thought. The guy saw me get his license plate. He stopped his car dead in the tracks. Jumped out with the bass and everything. And started yelling. I can't remember what he yelled at me and my friend. Then threw the bass. Lots
0: of profanities. Oh, yeah.
2: Wow. The whole thing's on video. I can go back to it. Send it to you, maybe. But... He goes back down there, throws the fish in the water. Says, "I threw the f and fish back. Are you okay with that?" And I, I go, "Yes, sir. I'm, I'm thankful you did that. Thank you so much." And then he starts calling me a smart A and all that. Tr- and then that's when he gets in my it, face. It, yeah, what? in what? Easton's face. How doing old is the, this
0: guy? Uh, he's a grown man. Little man soon. What? Yeah. He's, he's in what? Easton's face doing the the finger in the chest type thing. Um, oh I think gosh. he said, "I'll f and kill you." Um, what else Do you, you have see? all that on video? Yeah, it's, yeah it, mm-hmm. it was on the news. Uh, that is crazy. I got on so
2: many news stations. Yeah.
0: So yeah, th- so this whole confrontation happened, and then Easton put it on his social, I think was the first thing, right? I posted it somewhere on
2: Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma Fishing, something mm-hmm. like that.
0: Yeah. Huge group. So folks, you know, obviously picked up a lot of steam. Um, somebody at News 9 picked up on it. Um, came and did a couple interviews with Easton and Ryder and everything like that, and it, um, and you know the the, it was a real good feel good story, right? Like, hey, Easton Easton and Ryder stood up to this grown man that was bullying them, being a, you know breaking the law. Breaking the they law. did the right thing, and this guy just completely acted out of line. And the wildest thing about it was when that news story ran, the feedback online was overwhelmingly against Easton and Ryder, calling them rats, calling them tattletales, telling them to mind their fucking business, all that, like just, um, you should have left them alone, you know, it's just a fish, who cares, like all that, like really? overwhelmingly yeah. negative. And uh, Easton, I don't think it, you'll mind me saying this, but it it affected Easton. Like it, I could tell it hurt him because yeah. he, This kid, Easton, is is more passionate for the outdoors than anybody I've ever been around in my Mm -hmm. life, and to see like, you know, the the outdoorsmen in our community, we were lifting him up, saying, "This is great, you did a good thing." But then to see like the public just tear him apart, and he's he's a fourteen year old kid at this time,
1: and just just trying to do the right thing. Yeah,
0: I mean, he did do the right thing, and he did a brave thing, like. I don't know many illegal. adults that would have the the stones to stand up to somebody when they're breaking the law and allow him to get in his face and like I mean that's scary. It's yeah. scary to do. For sure. Um and so it was really bad. So um I I I pulled a, I didn't pull strings but uh, I've got a couple a couple contacts through BHA mm-hmm. um with those guys that we were talking about earlier. And so um, I emailed I m- emailed a couple of the guys and I said, hey, man, here's what's going on. Um, would you mind um, maybe sending e- send a note to Easton telling them, keep your chin up, that type of deal? Well, they the guys at Mediator, they they took a look at it and they didn't like it one bit. And they said, no, this is not right. We need to lift Easton up and show him that he did do the right thing and that he should be proud for the way he acted. So got like this second wind and Easton got, Oh, I kind of lose track of all the recognition that he got, but he, um, they talked about him on the meat eater podcast. They talked about him on cows podcast, uh, all these podcasts that we really, you know, kind of idolize. Right. And they were talking about him. Um, they sent him a bunch of first light gear sent to Easton and to Ryder. Um, they sent him, um, Backcountry hunters and anglers bought him a lifetime membership. Um, there was a resident in Norman that picked this up, and he was like, "This is not right. Um, I want to do something to reward Easton and Ryder." So, um, this guy's name is Josh Grogus. He's a great dude, and him and his dad decided that they wanted to purchase a lifetime fishing license for Easton and Ryder. So oh, they went man. out, bought this lifetime license for him, bought him a bunch of fishing gear, and just it was it was very heartwarming to see the the angling community and just the outdoor community like pull together like they saw this like hey this kid did the right thing and then he's getting tore up let's really overwhelm him with a bunch of positive stuff so it was such a cool deal so how'd that make you feel easton oh i
2: was speechless i didn't (laughs) expect that (laughs) to me that felt like a little thing to do just talking to that guy it didn't feel like that big of a deal but everyone treated it so much bigger than
1: what i thought it was well for a grown man to be you know cussing and everything just because you called him out on doing something illegal yeah i mean that's a pretty big deal i don't know many people that would ever do that yeah most people and the fact that you could notice that it was illegal (laughs) that's pretty impressive it just kind of
2: stood out him specifically targeting bass on beds throwing a cast net on them it's a slimy thing to do yeah i mean it's not hard to catch bass on
1: beds and throw real especially in a neighborhood pond oh yeah yeah
0: and you're really destroying a fishery by doing that. If you yeah. if you're pulling them off those beds, they're not having babies. And so it's that's why it's illegal. A lot so of if people If you had
1: buckets full of fish, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: It, and you could tell the video, you could tell like this wasn't this guy's first time to do it. Yeah. So,
2: he was quick with everything. Yeah, he was like he had throw to it figure out like hide everything. He knew he
1: was in the wrong. It takes all appreciation out of what it's all meant for anyway. Yeah.
0: And it's a freaking neighborhood pond. What was he doing? You do could you throw think? a rock across this thing. It's so small. <laughs> was he
1: trying to like eat them, or was he like <laughs> trying to stalk another pond? Bucket or biology, something? or
2: they were big fish he was keeping. They were yeah. three, four pound bass. Yeah. So that he might have been saying, "Oh, hey kids, look what I caught." Right. Oh, he something like know. that.
1: Like he caught a bunch He of fish. he
0: wasn't. Um, he didn't like some of the people online said. Well, maybe he was starving and he needs food. He, that wasn't it. Yeah. The, the guy had a nice car. He had nice clothes. Like, like I mean, golfer. you can't tell. Yeah. You never know what people are going through, but I don't think he was starving for food. Yeah, that's And rough. if he was, these boys had extra fishing yeah, poles. Yeah, just get a fishing pole. They, they were handing fishing poles to other kids at the pond that day to help them fish. So if he really needed food, they would have helped him catch some fish.
1: Well, that makes me really happy that the hunting and fishing community, like outdoorsmen as a whole, reached out to you oh, guys. Oh, it was great. It was, it was
0: so like nice to see like yeah. you know, these guys that we all look up to that is yeah. as being leaders in our industry that mm-hmm. to see them like, you know, really get upset about it like we yeah. are, you know, <laughs> like that's not right. I want to do something about it. So it was really I cool really to hear see them. It.
1: Please send me that video whenever we're
0: yeah. done. I will we'll you it. can
2: also listen to the podcast Ranella did. Yeah. episode two twenty three. Yeah. Oh, it was funny. They were kind of ripping that little guy. Did
1: you ever find that guy? Uh, so, or did anything? Ever yeah. Happen so,
0: um, the game warden Mark Murray, uh, because Easton and Ryder had, took good video of the license plate. I don't remember if it was they tracked him down through the driver's light through the license plate, or if the exposure to social media exposed him. But mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines, they got in touch with him. They wrote him a ticket, a really big ticket, and he paid it. And so I, I guess he he apologized. I'm not sure he didn't apologize to Easton. Yeah. We, we didn't have any more
1: contact. I with haven't. Did of he anything. understand how young you were? Like I'm sure. I mean, I don't look old. Him? Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. Like imagine happen? yelling at a kid because yeah. he called you out for illegally hunting yeah. or fishing. Yeah. I
0: was being respectful to him too. Wow. I I think it's just like he got caught. He knew he got caught. He got embarrassed. Yeah. And he went on the defensive, and then he was angry New because day. he got caught. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, at least he put the fish back. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He hucked it. <laughs> he hucked did it he. in the water. Yeah. He just like, chucked <laughs> it he in said, and thank ran you, away. Thank you yeah. for doing that. That's all I Yeah, that was, I thought that was kind of funny when I rewatched the video. I said thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, he <probably> you. <laughs> you were just yeah. being a smart, aleck. That's awesome though. Keep it up. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of that out there where people. They kind of want the recognition, just because of social media. Media these days, they want the recognition of being like known as like a big hunter, a oh, big fisher. Yeah. There's so much of that. Like you got to have all the fish, you have to have the biggest deer. And a lot of people go about it the wrong way. Absolutely. And there's yeah. some like if you go about it the right way, you pay for your tags. Um, all that money's going to support conservation and like the wildlife department, all those nurseries. So just do it the right way. There's a reason that the laws are in place. There's a reason you have bag limits. Well, a... it's
0: to, yeah, it's to protect it for our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. You know, if we were allowed to catch bass on the bed or to net bass on the bed, then like there wouldn't be shad. anything
1: left. Yeah. Yeah. It's like catching bait. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's crazy. not sporting. <laughs> yeah. It takes about five minutes and then you're, you're done.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you could destroy that pond
1: for years yeah. in that amount of time, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that there are other kids out there fishing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man.
1: Look. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, someone's using this for fun. Yeah. Just let them have their thing.
0: <laughs> let the six-year-old catch some
1: birds, yeah. you know? <laughs> And Meanwhile, this guy's like, oh, I'm getting out of here with all these fish. Uh-huh. Yeah. And these yeah. kids will never able to I'm going to post it on them. social
0: and brag about
1: it. Yeah. I wonder how much of that happens. Hopefully not as much, but I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot. We've experienced, like I, I was telling you guys earlier, we had a guy come over on our hunting hunt land uh, near Guthrie just because no one lives out there, and we found him out there uh, during archery season. My uncle was set, uh, had just set up in a tree stand, and um, like 200, 250 yards away, sees a guy walk in through a tree clearing in fluorescent orange carrying a rifle (laughs) it's not (laughs) rifle season you don't need to wear orange if it's not rifle season so either he was just confused on what week everything started but for sure it wasn't his land so he wasn't too confused confused. (laughs) (laughs) he Uh, knew he was in the wrong because he got out of there yeah my uncle went down and was gonna go and have a little friendly discussion with him but Whenever he got to the tree that that guy had sat up under, he was gone. So he had just snuck out he through vanished. the trees. Yeah, <laughs> good for him though. I mean, <laughs> just do it the right way. Like you said, there's a uh, public lands out there. Yeah. There's there's opportunities to go and hunt. And uh, yeah, a lot of people put time and effort into, like you said, ponds. Like people pay to get them stocked, and they wait. You know, they throw them back, and they wait till they get big enough for for years and years and same with deer hunting or any type of hunting. Uh, like we, we don't let deer get killed, uh, if they're under a certain amount mm-hmm. or a certain age, uh, we're not killing a bunch of does and letting them grow up and passing a lot of deer before we finally take one. And so you walking over there and doing things the wrong way, it's, it's not just affecting the animals. It's affecting, well, it is affecting the animals more than anyone, but yeah, it's affecting all the people that put time and effort and money into just something that they're passionate about. So, yeah, proud of you for uh, sticking up to that guy. Probably pretty crazy experience. Uh, <laughs> I don't think not you'll forget that. Can, one. Not many people can say that they've. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, what a guy. Yeah. I'm glad that he got a ticket, though. Someone finally found him. Yeah. That's so embarrassing. I hope he was. I hope so many people saw it. it yeah. like, sure what is wrong he, with yeah, you? Yeah,
2: I'm sure he feels great about himself for getting in a 14. year I can't believe face. he didn't like
1: <laughs> say anything to you. Like try to reach out to you, as in like write you a letter or anything. Apologize, maybe. Yeah, call yeah.
2: you somehow. My name was blasted all over the news. It's not
1: gonna be
0: hard to find me.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just ego. Yeah, he had
0: ample opportunity to. Got in your face. Man, I was in the wrong. I shouldn't have oh, done that. Shoot me a message on Facebook, and I'll be like, yeah. yeah.
1: That's crazy. Well, I'm glad you stuck up for him, or stuck up to him, and stuck up for the fish and yeah. the right way to do things. Pretty proud dad moment for me. For sure. Yeah. For sure. With your uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, do you guys ask, like, do you go to private landowners and ask them to, like, allow public hunting or how to, like... Um,
0: we we to usually don't get involved directly with private landowners, um, a lot of times, well, every time, we try and partner with the uh, appropriate wildlife department, whatever state we're in. So here, at mm-hmm. Oklahoma Department of Wildlife, um, we've got a pretty strong relationship with those guys. And so if we have members who are contacted by a landowner who's interested in um, allowing access, we Oklahoma has a cool program that was um, mi- mimicked from the Kansas walk-in access program. And ours is called OLAP, which is... Oklahoma Land Access Program, so it's an opportunity for a landowner to lease his property for public use, so he still gets some revenue out of it by leasing it, and then he's able to allow public uh, public recreation on it, and he's in complete control where he's able to tell, um, you know, tell the wildlife department, I- I'll allow people to fish, or I'll allow them to hunt, um, only archery, um, no hunting, just bird watching. He's totally in control. Of course, the more access that he allows, the more he gets paid. And so it's, it's a real cool program. And so if we have landowners that are interested in that, then we just basically funnel them directly to our contacts at the wildlife department. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a cool program. If you haven't ever heard of OLAP, it's definitely worth checking out because it, it unlocks a lot of property that has been previously not not accessible mm-hmm. for the everyday Joe. And a lot of people
1: just use it as like farming land and yeah, never even yeah. Hunt and it,
0: it it's it's I mean it's a win win for everybody because yeah. they still own the property, they can still farm it, um, or they can lease out their their ag rights or whatever they want to do, and then this is another revenue stream for them to. You know, to, to keep money coming in, so it keeps you know their their lights on,
1: and also gets people out
0: there. Yeah, yeah, it gets more people involved and passionate about it.
1: How do you how do you go about finding like good public lands around around here?
0: Um, I'll kind of um, copy what Easton said. Uh, walk a lot, get off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I mean it's like anything. It's a lot of hard work. Um, we have uh, Oklahoma has a an app through the wildlife department that has maps that show where public land access is. Okay. So you can go on and get a general idea using Google maps and whatnot, or Onyx or whatever you want to use um, to kind of do some e-scouting, but nothing's going to take the place of actually getting your boots on the ground and mm-hmm. walking it. But yeah. that'll at least give you an idea of, Hey, this looks pretty interesting or um, yeah, it's not really what, what type of property I'm looking for. I'll look at the next one. And so you can kind of, you know, narrow down the the properties you want to actually
1: you know get onto
0: and look around.
1: Yeah, what are what would you say the best public land in Oklahoma for hunting would be for deer? Let's say deer. I don't think I'm allowed to
0: say that. Uh, you're not. <laughs> but you know, I think I have friends that would kill me if I did. You can't give,
1: we won't give exact locations. Um,
0: well, I can say Oklahoma is a top ten deer state, mm-hmm. um, and I've heard JD Strong with the Wildlife Department talk about it's. It's uh, almost becoming a top five state in the country. And so, um, of course, that's not all public land deer, but uh, a a lot of big deer killed on public land every year here. So it's a good state. I mean, it just depends on what you like to hunt. You know, if you like to hunt hardwoods, then we've got public land for that. If you want to hunt pine forest, we have public land for that. If you want to hunt sagebrush in western Oklahoma, then you've got access out there.
1: That's awesome. You guys are doing Great things with that. That's well,
0: awesome. it's, uh, it's a lot of work, um, and we need some help, too. We have uh, a lot of what we do is legislative stuff, and right now is the legislative session, and we have a handful of legislators that are constantly trying to take away public access under the guise of they don't believe that government should own land. And so they paint this picture that they they don't think government should own land, and so the wildlife department should not have public hunting.
1: So, what would be would the, the land just be sold? They to... they
0: would prefer to see it owned by out of state ranchers and mm-hmm. out of country uh, pop farmers is what they would prefer. Oh, wow. They they say that it's um, private landowner rights, and that's what they're fighting for is to protect. Um, protect the the ability for their children to own private land when they grow up. The mm. reality is uh, Wildlife Department owns less than 3% of the property in Oklahoma. Yeah. They manage a total of 5% of the property in all of Oklahoma. So there's no risk of them ever owning all of Oklahoma. There's right. always going to be land to buy.
1: Does the uh, like reserves, do the, does that factor into the um, public land as well, that 3%? the reserves like uh like Like great great salt lake and uh oh yeah 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 Yeah, yeah. that's all part of it yeah it's even because you can't hunt that
0: that's right yeah yeah and of that public yeah that's right you can't hunt all five percent of it and so there are places that they're technically public land but they don't allow hunting
1: yeah they're like nurseries for certain species and yep and whatnot and migration patterns yeah
0: absolutely so yeah so i would um you know, make a recommendation that everybody, um, you can hop on our Facebook page or on our website and just get involved and kind of educate yourself on these specific bills that we have out that we are trying to oppose and the ones that we think are helping us get more opportunities.
1: Mm-hmm. And talk to your lawmakers. Yeah, absolutely. Because you do have an influence. It,
0: it You really do. And a lot of folks, I don't think they realize... Um, I, I have a pretty good relationship with my representative out in Piedmont. She's a Piedmont resident, and so I, I call her and email her all the time. Mm-hmm. And just having these conversations with your representatives really goes a long ways. Um, I've been told many times that if they get five or six phone calls on one issue, that's a lot. Yeah. Like that's enough to make them really examine what they're going to vote for.
1: Yeah.
0: And so a lot of folks will think, well, I'm just one guy. Well. You might be that fifth guy that's going to push mm-hmm. her over, push them over the edge to mm-hmm. actually change their vote and yeah. potentially change legislation that's going to help us. Yep. So that's my uh, my soapbox moment. <laughs> no, I definitely.
1: That's like very important. I've there's a podcast called Cal's Weekend in Review. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about all the like legislation, uh, legislation around Montana and Wyoming yep. and all that. I definitely think that there should be something like that here in Oklahoma because not a lot of people are informed of what's going on.
0: Cal helps us out sometimes. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. So I appreciate your help, Ryan. <laughs>
1: <gasps> that's sweet.
0: Yeah. He, um, he, he's a very good, uh, he's actually on the board of directors for backcountry hunters and anglers. Oh, that's so awesome. He's a huge advocate for us and he does a lot for us to help fight our fight for us. Mm-hmm. Um, him and all his buddies, all those guys that, you know, are part of that meat eater kind of world, mm-hmm. they're all big supporters of BHA and so it helps really amplify our voice and get that message out where it needs to get out and so
1: a lot of people don't even understand like that these laws are getting voted on nope. or that they're even up for discussion.
0: And by the time they know it's gonna to be too late. It's too late.
1: Yeah. It's hard to flip something around once it's already been settled.
0: Yeah. I'll give you an example. There's a bill out right now, it's Senate Bill seven seventy six. And essentially what it is is it is forcing the wildlife department if they, so currently the way it works is if the wildlife department thinks they want to purchase some property for public hunting, um, they are funded by Pittman Pittman, Robertson Funds and license and tag sales, not public taxes, not not your income tax or anything like that. And so they will approach a landowner. If a landowner approaches then, um, they will write up a contract, purchase that property. They don't ever force people to sell them property. They don't ever do any strong arm tactics. There's no shady business really going on. And mm-hmm. so what this bill is, is going, it, it, if it passes, what it will do is it will force the wildlife department. If they want to purchase a piece of property, that landowner has to list that property for six months in the newspaper. And so that means he's going to have, before the wildlife department is allowed to purchase it. So what that means is that landowner then has to pay six extra months of taxes, insurance, payments, and, making it and a, a hurdle to turn down other offers right. if he wants to sell it to the wildlife department. You
1: have to put it in the newspaper.
0: Yeah, who does that? Yeah. who does who that anymore? That's like nineteen
1: eighty five. So we it's look just at a that hurdle for them to go through, it,
0: and and it's it's only the wildlife department. So hmm. this particular senator, he's got an, he's got a. Um, a dislike towards the wildlife department and it's very obvious and so um he he says that this is to protect from big government owning all the property well if that was the case then he would put this on every government agency no other Mm -hmm. government agencies have to jump through these hurdles to do that yeah and it should be noted that those government agencies use taxpayer money to do their purchases yeah and so that that's just an example of like that could sneak through and then That I mean I don't know if you've ever shopped for property but property doesn't sit on the market for six months.
1: And the landowner definitely doesn't want. I mean, if he's getting offers left and right, then it's going to be difficult for him to keep it.
0: And here's another scenario that we see a lot is, you have a family ranch that's been in the family for generations. Um, The the current owner, the grandpa, he's in his you know, twilight of his life and he knows his kids don't have any interest in keeping the farm. So he knows as soon as he dies, they're just going to sell it off to developers and it's going to turn into another strip mall. Right. So a lot of these farmers don't want to see that happen with their legacy. And so they would rather see it turned over to the wildlife department so it can be preserved in that pristine condition forever. Mm -hmm. And then everybody can enjoy it for perpetuity. Yeah. So what if this poor farmer doesn't have six months? What if he's sick and he can't afford to wait that long. Or what if he can't afford to make those payments for six gets, or months? Or he gets
1: an offer from some.
0: Yeah. He's going to have to turn down
1: Yeah. a pot farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely something you need, Everyone needs to get involved yep. in.
0: Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's, yeah, there's a, a handful of bills that are out like that. And, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's one of the ones that we're really concerned about. Cause if that passes, then it really takes a lot to reverse it and mm-hmm. it would, it would basically handcuff the wildlife department from ever giving us more public hunting, and yeah. so that little three percent that we have would never get any more than that.
1: Yeah, and that, like, like we said, that three percent isn't just hunting; yeah. it's yeah. nurseries, it's yeah. it's yeah, state conservation.
0: Parks. yeah, it's all sorts of places. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that. Yeah. Oh light. no, Thanks everyone for... needs to. Uh, so, what's your Facebook page that they could check out? So it is the. Uh, I'm gonna have to double
0: check. It's the Oklahoma chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Let me make sure that's right. Uh, but you can always go to Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. You can go to their website. You can go to their uh, to their main Facebook page. Yeah, it's Oklahoma chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Awesome. So we we periodically post on there about what's going on with certain bills. Um, we we post about volunteer opportunities so if you want to get involved with doing uh trash pickups we do trash pickups all the time we do all sorts of um um like um boots on the ground work yeah. um, we just did a controlled burn up on hayburn wma so we're working with the wildlife department to help you know make these places better for everybody to enjoy yeah. so there's there's lots of opportunities to get involved with that type of stuff
1: that's awesome everyone go check them out Yep. Yeah, thanks that's important so easton hmm So you're a fisher, too.
2: Yeah. You can say (laughs) that.
1: I saw a a picture, I don't know if it was a picture or video of you fishing down in Florida, and you were uh, reeling in a shark. Yeah, that was a... Huge shark.
2: That was a seven and a half foot dusky caught fishing for uh, AJ's. We
1: weren't expecting one of them. That's awesome. How was that? that It was interesting. That
2: was my first... Ever, that was my first time ever even being on the ocean or even seeing the ocean. Yeah. It was a whole different experience than freshwater fishing. I loved it. Yeah. I don't think I'd leave freshwater for that, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's your, do you uh, do some freshwater fishing around here? Oh, yeah, do a bunch
2: of, oh, you name anything, I've done it out here. Really?
1: Yeah. I,
0: I, you you know a little bit about how Easton likes to shed hunt. I will say that he probably fit freshwater fishes about a hundred times more than he really? sheds. Hunts. it's that's crazy. <laughs> how do you have all this time? It just doesn't even have a bed. He just sleeps all the he does in this. I'm telling you, once springtime's our favorite time because we get to turkey hunt, we get mm-hmm. to bass fish, we get to hunt for morels, we get to do all this fun stuff outside. But when springtime comes and turkey season is over. Uh, it's not an exaggeration that Easton will hunt every every chance that he gets. Yeah. So I joke with my friends and our family members that if Easton doesn't get to fish three or four times a day,
1: he's cranky. So. That's awesome. <laughs> so what do you? What's your favorite thing to fish around here? Oh, uh, bass. I mean, yeah. You can go anywhere and catch bass. Yeah. More have than noodling. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> have you ever been noodling? Oh, we love noodling. Really? Have you done it? All the time. Really? I noodle
2: all summer. What's
1: the biggest catfish you've caught?
2: Oh. He was probably 30s 40s, not huge. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty huge for a
1: uh, 15 15-year-old guy <laughs> underwater. That's <laughs> definitely bigger than what I want to. So, noodling, if people don't know, uh Ethan, how would you explain what happens in noodling?
2: You stick your arms in holes Feeling for slimy things to bite you. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> That's they a pretty good do, do. They uh, lay their uh, babies in there.
2: They'll lay the eggs in there, okay. and usually, if you feel eggs when you stick your hand in a hole, you're gonna get bit.
1: Yeah, and so the catfish will. That fish out. Catfish will come and bite around your hand.
2: They'll light you up.
1: Yeah, and then they they roll as well, right? Yeah. So you, if they get you good, they'll just start spinning. So you swim to the bottom of a creek. And you you fill around in this hole, you put your hand in this hole that you have no clue what's in there. Yeah. A fish bites your hand and starts spinning and fighting and trying to not, Uh like trying to pull you in. And then you have to swim up, you have to grab a hold of it and then fight it to the top. Yeah. And then that's noodling. Yeah. And you're just doing it all the time. (laughs) You've done it all the time and you love it. I don't do it all the time, but
2: any chance I get, I'm doing it.
1: That's awesome. There were some buddies from uh, high school that, or from my high school, that did that a couple times. And one time they were in uh, just still water, just water that had not uh, been moving. They got <laughs> covered in bacteria and just like completely it. covered in warts. And they're like, Yeah, I don't want to go noodling anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's awesome that you do that. I definitely am way too scared to do it. <laughs> it's fun. There's some huge catfish here. There's monsters here, like 50, 60, 70 pound catfish.
0: 80 90s if you want
1: oh my goodness how big is that <laughs>
0: uh, probably around 80 80 where was 90. that at uh, oh, i'm no. not at liberty to say where that oh, one is okay. either <laughs> got a secret spot do you that guys one ever, was in the
1: water do you guys ever put uh tires down that's illegal is it illegal mm-hmm. yeah
0: i didn't know yeah, you're not allowed to put any artificial structure in okay. the water um and if you come that's... across it you're not allowed to fish it okay. so okay not to
1: say that that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. because I'm, I know it does. Yeah, whenever Kingfisher Creek gets low, all you see is because there's a guy that uh, catches huge catfish. Mm-hmm. He was like really popular on YouTube for a while. Uh, it was my friend's dad, and whenever the creek gets low, all you see is tires covering yeah. the covering the banks.
0: Well, and that's why they don't want you doing it. Yeah. Is because people they'll always take it to an extreme, and then all of a sudden. It's affecting the the creek flow, and you know, mm-hmm. then you It'll have the flooding issues, and and, yeah, yeah, makes for great fishing, but
1: yeah, makes it easy. Here's actually
2: a video of my friend Ryder on his first fish. He's lit up hard, and this is <laughs> actually crazy. a creek. This is actually a lake that flooded mm-hmm. into a creek right before all the flathead spawned. So and you can, so can see it's
0: it's obviously it's an so aggressive bite. Yeah. It's not a it's not a defensive bite. No. so you you could call this cheating noodling. I won't be
1: angry if someone calls that cheating. That's no, pretty shallow water. Yeah, cause but you it can is. go in like that picture that you took. That's that eighty pound catfish. Mm-hmm. I mean, that looked like it was pretty deep.
0: Yeah, it was it was about seven and a half, eight feet of water. So it, that's that's scary at that yeah. depth. You never want to do it by yourself, especially you, with a big fish. Yeah, like you that. always want to have a couple guys with you that. You trust with your life because that's what you're doing. If you don't come up, yeah, that they have to come yeah. get you. There's, there's also, I mean, every, every year there's guys that drown from noodling, so yeah. it's extremely dangerous. Um, we, we, you know, Easton's my son, so I, I'm probably a little more protective than I would be yeah. normally, but I don't ever let him take unnecessary risks. Or if we're unsure of something, mm-hmm. he he gets pissed at me a lot, but um, I, I won't let it's him kinda, do a lot of yeah, things that he wants to safe. do. Cause, I don't. I don't want to see my boy uh, yeah. stuck underwater.
1: I don't want to see me stuck underwater. No, nah. that would be terrifying. <laughs> so how'd you feel whenever that fish got on you? Did he roll and everything? Oh, it was a fight. Really? It was a fight. Yeah. So was... did you have a guy holding your feet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we took turns with breath, and so wow. you know
0: one guy would get tired and then he'd go and then he'd swap out. So.
1: So you. Wow. It's so very you much a team. Have to tire yeah, It's a team it. effort. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't really I thought you just reached down picked it up and then no it, it used to I
0: mean you you will catch them on the first bite sometimes but yeah. a lot of times it's multiple bites and you're just trying to manipulate so the fish in the hole and you're trying to you know you've got other guys helping you blocking their escape so they can't get out and yeah um, yeah it's it's um, it's really neat it's a lot more you know every time we take guys with us for the first time they, they come away with it with a totally different perspective than what they thought it was. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's very difficult. It's super fun, super exhilarating. Yeah, uh, you talk about adrenaline rush. I don't think there's much yeah. much better Pretty than that. Pretty terrifying too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, very scary. Yeah, <laughs> and there's not just catfish. I mean, there's alligator gar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that.
0: We pull snakes out all the time. Turtles out. Oh
1: my I mean, gosh. there's. That's crazy. One Hard. time
0: I was in the water. Only one time I was in the water when somebody put their hands on a beaver. Uh, beaver is like the, the worst
1: thing that you could yeah. possibly run into yeah, under. Very territorial. Yeah. yeah. That's. Cr- have you ever been gar fishing, Easton?
2: I have. Over in Piedmont, there's a little lake drains into a creek, and there's a bunch of gar in there.
1: Have you ever um, been bow fishing? Yeah. Yeah.
2: We bow fish a lot. We used to, actually.
1: We used to do that all the time in Kingfisher.
2: There's a lot of good spots over there.
1: Yeah. It's really fun. We've seen, like, my buddy Riley, he caught, like, a, or he shot, I guess, a six-foot gar. Holy smokes. And we couldn't even reel it in with his bow, so we had to have another guy shoot it, and we had to both reel in at the same time just to catch it, but and there's some people that like take that so seriously. I mean, they got like a boat made just for it with yeah. the spotlights on the bottom, <laughs> $40,000. <000 boat>. Yeah. <laughs> just to go bow fishing. Yeah. No, there's definitely people like that. That's, what's pretty cool about Oklahoma as uh, there is some, there are so many guys and, uh, and girls out there that, um, just love being in the outdoors, love hunting, love fishing. And the best, uh, I think the reason one, deer hunting is one of my favorite things is just because uh, you spend weekends out there, months straight, never, never kill the deer that you want. It's not going out there and just shooting everything. It's you're going to spend time out in the woods and kind of like what you're doing with your shed hunting. You're not killing anything at all. You're just spending time in nature, yeah. and that's uh it's really peaceful and allows you to clear your head and just kind of appreciate what's before you. But well, uh, I really thank you guys for coming on. Yeah, and, Thanks for uh, having us. Mm-hmm. So you need to get involved with the uh, backcountry hunters and anglers. Follow them on Facebook and uh, talk to your representatives about, uh, what is it, 7-6? Six... Senate Bill 776. All right. Let's we get do that not want
0: though. that to happen. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you guys. Everyone out there, stay involved. And uh, thank you for coming on. And Easton, thank you for... Uh, Having the uh, dedication and appreciation of the outdoors that you do, I hope it never stops.
2: Yeah, I don't think it will.
1: Makes me really fired up to see young guys out there like you that I haven't, I actually haven't ever met a young guy like you that is so ate up with it, but (laughs) I hope there are more out there like you.
2: I hope so too.
1: All right, well, good luck with your uh, turkey season and uh, thank you guys again. Yeah. Thanks, Dylan. If you have any questions that you would like me to answer on the show, or if you would like to submit one of your hunting stories to possibly be featured, email me at buffalobullsessions at gmail.com. It would help us out if you'd subscribe for free to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter to hear how you can get involved in outdoor conservation and hear our outdoor story of the month at buffalobullsessions.com. Help us out by getting some season one gear on our website too. Thank you guys according to the dictionary the definition of freer is not under control or in the power of another able to act or be done as one wishes freer outdoor was created to inspire others to live life freer and live life to the fullest follow them on instagram at freer outdoor that's f-r-e-e-r or check out their website at freeroutdoorco.com, F-R-E-E-R Outdoor C-O com. No matter what you choose to do in life or whatever passion you pursue, you'll enjoy it more if you're freer.